0: Big Dumb Movie is a comedic podcast that often contains obscene language and outlandish commentary. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello and welcome to Big Dumb Movie, where we discuss movies of the Big Dumb variety. I'm your host, Corey, and today I'm joined by two men. First up, you know him, you love him, Jonathan. Hey, guys. Hey, Jonathan. Secondly... Joining us for the first time, the proprietor of the world-famous Instagram page, one-second, two-guest movie with a number two, Carlos.
0: Hello. you hey guys. Thank you for having me. It's exciting
1: to uh, sit down here and talk to you guys. Yeah, it's exciting to have you, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I love your Instagram page. We're going to talk about that more, I think, near the end of the podcast, but Carlos is a first-timer with us. First thing I want to talk about, though, the whole reason I did this podcast is just so we can talk about this. Toys. I fucking love toys. Not the Robin Williams movie. Don't like it so much. I mean, it's, it's fine, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. Toys. I want to ask you guys about toys. Jonathan, when you were a kid, you played with toys, right? obviously yeah for sure I mean you were also like doing a lot of weird shit like working on cars I remember I was like what kind of little kid is working on a car
2: (laughs) (laughs) one that grows up in a shop with his family
1: yeah I guess that's a good point what kind of toys did you play with as a kid tell me
2: oh man I went through so many different eras of toys you know it was like every every six months or a year or so there was something different so thinking about this question it's kind of hard to answer so what i'm gonna do is just shoot you like my top five toys that i remember playing with and this probably ranged from like three years old up through maybe like seven or eight somewhere in that era okay um, so, so there's a lot of evolution in that range at that yeah age range you know right like you know at that time there were so many things that Six months later, it was way not cool anymore to play with Tonka trucks, you know, or or whatever. So these are my top five. Okay, number one is Legos. Everybody plays with Legos. If you don't, then get the fuck out. No. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say a little nicer, but it kind of really <laughs> wouldn't be in my uh, range. To yeah, do that's that. that's not your character, Jonathan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite action figure as a kid was actually a set of action figures and i had they were uh teenage mutant ninja turtles with shredder crane bebop and rocksteady you had the whole set uh yeah from the original the original set there i had i had the bed sheets to match and pillowcases i had posters i mean everything i had their um like the little pizza shooter, they had cars. I don't remember how the car exactly looked, but I remember it was yellow. It was a van. So there it, was it was an old VW yep.
1: converted van. With
2: yeah. Like that had the
1: pizza launcher on the front.
2: Yeah. And it shot out sewer lids or something like that too, right? That's what it was. Not good good pizzas. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right. There we go. I think it had like a pizza box on the van, right?
0: It had to have some pizza somewhere.
1: Yeah, guaranteed pizza.
0: Yeah.
2: Guaranteed.
1: <laughs> These yeah. were
0: the six inch, like six inch tall figures, right? Yeah, just yeah.
1: standard action figure size. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as opposed to like I know what you mean, like the little, so three like smaller inch. ones yeah. or
0: the GI Joe. Yeah, tall foot. One. Yeah, the GI Joes
1: <laughs> I had a lot of. I had a lot of the, those were the three inch ones. They also had like the the foot tall, the giant army men. Yeah, I I had one of those, and I in my storylines from when I was a kid, he was a giant.
2: So like he would like crush the other ones. Like nice.
1: <laughs> anyway, keep going, Jonathan.
2: As I got a little older, uh spent a lot more time outside, my favorite toy was my big wheel. Yeah, I mean, just taking that thing up and down the street. And they had like those shitty plastic wheels. So like you're just flying and then you'd like Make your feet go backwards so the thing just skids down the street. We used to play, like, a game of who could make the longest skid mark. <laughs> I take it you always won? Uh, I, Still win that game. <laughs> I compete with my son. <laughs> <laughs> His mom hates that game.
1: One person always loses. Mom.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one toy that I had that just my entire family hated, but like they couldn't get it away from me to throw it in the trash was a Pee Wee Herman doll <laughs> with a pull string that would just say quotes over you and over You had a again.
1: fucking show me where it touched you doll. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It,
2: it was complete with a jack up and movie theater action. Dude, yeah. It was amazing. Okay, I was Pee-wee. like, what is he doing? <laughs> Let's go to the movies now, Pee-wee. Yeah. I know you are, but where am
1: I? That's awesome. I had one like that. Actually, it was, it was belonged to my brother, Robert. Shout out to Robert of Urkel. So it's like the oh, same kind exactly of exactly
2: like, the same thing. Or, yeah. They probably did the exact same, like clothing, stitching, <laughs> the, the body parts are exactly the same. It's just a different color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one's white with black hair. One's brown with black hair. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. And then uh, I was always a big fan, like spending time at my grandparents' house was with, um, I had these like, back when they made Tonka trucks out of like real metal, like it was like steel, you know, and you could like scoop up dirt and stuff like that, like a dump truck and a little backhoe and stuff like that. And I had a little spot in my grandpa's garden that I was allowed to like just dig. And those were, those were some of my best times as a kid. Yeah. Nice. I love it, man. That brings back some memories. For sure. Carlos,
1: hit me with some toys. So, like, growing up, the toys I
0: had were kind of like a lot of random stuff. A lot of, like, superheroes. A lot of Happy Meal toys. The toys you, you would get, like Burger King, McDonald's.
1: Dude, mm. I had a bunch of those, too, like, that I would save. Uh, there was a local Taco Bell nearby my dad's house, and he would always get me a Happy Meal. So I just had, like, this mountain of, like, Taco Bell Happy Meal toys that were just, like, the henchmen. Like, all my (laughs) heroes would just have to mow through them. Like, they were the putties. I had a fuck-ton of those. Anyway.
0: And some of those Happy Meal or those kids' meal toys were actually, like, functioning toys, and some were just kind of, like, statues, but some were, like, you were able to do things with it. So I had a lot of those, and a lot of random kind of action figures. I never really had, like, a specific brand or a different kind of, like, story. But when I got older max steel that's something i really got into i think nice. that toy came out in like in 98 it's one of it's that like 12 inches it's kind of like barbie if you think of it about it
1: well it's more like the gi joe equivalent right it's like yeah a yeah soldier right
0: yeah it's, it's exactly like that thing? it's kind of like he's like a cyborg didn't they um, make a
1: movie of that
0: they made a movie they tried to make a movie they tried making tv shows but uh surprisingly i think the toys last like a little bit over 10 years but they really weren't able to do anything with it like as in tv and film wise but those uh those toys i remember they had like submarine like there was like a dirt bike version of him and i had like a few of them i got my cousin into them so we kind of like would kind of try to collect a good amount of them
1: max steel so i think a little bit just slightly past my time or it just didn't come across my plate
2: really were there any others for you That was the biggest one. I was more. It says that those are like more like around 97, 98, 99. So we were like 12, 13 years old already. So uh, for me, action figures and stuff like that was way out by that time. I played with toys for a really long time,
1: actually, Um, up until around 13. I mean, I'd still play with them now if I could. The only thing is when I buy toys, I want to keep them in the box. (laughs) I still buy toys. I am a big toy guy. My like, goal is to buy toys that I used to play with as a kid and keep them in box and collect them.
2: So you're yeah. trying to recreate yourself as the 40-year-old virgin.
1: <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> he ended up making bank, if you recall. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> so don't talk shit. Um, anyway, my toys that I liked. All right, the 3-inch G.I. Joe figures. Had a fuck ton of those. Those were great. That's like a lot of the what my dad bought me. Also, X-Men and Batman 6-inch animated figures from the cartoons mostly i had some really good ones man i had a fuck ton of x-men toys i don't know if you guys remember this but mighty max i do remember mighty max mighty max was what people call the boy poly pocket yeah so poly pocket was like the little tiny thing you open it up the figures are very small
2: yeah. i had the
1: boy equivalent uh mighty max
2: yeah they were like An inch tall or something, right? Like, inch and a half or something. Like, even smaller, I think. They're like little tiny,
1: like, specks of plastic. (laughs) Yeah,
2: like micro machines.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Beetlejuice toys from the animated series. After the Tim Burton Beetlejuice movie took off, there was an animated series. The animated series spawned a bunch of toys, which I fucking loved.
2: I loved that show. I used to watch it Saturday mornings. It
1: was, like, one of the original, like, gross-out cartoons. Like, I think it was pre-Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, like for it, sure. It kind of like spawned Ren and Stimpy, which spawned Rocco, which spawned Spongebob
2: eventually. Have you gone back and watched Ren and Stimpy? Oh yeah, I was, I was watching it the other day. It is fucking horrible, dude. No, <laughs> like it's how? awesome. No, it uh, it is. But how the fuck were we watching this as little kids, man? This is not kid-rated comedy. Like the message is way deeper than what we saw as kids. I was like, watching it yesterday, no joke. Yeah. So Stimpy was having a
1: who's a the bigger moron competition with some other fucking guy. The other guy pulls out his forearm, takes a cheese grater, cheese grades off his skin, and dumps salt in it to prove that he's the bigger moron. That's on a fucking
2: cartoon. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, what year
1: was this? Like 94. 94. Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah. I saw a clip of Ren and Stimpy the other day, and it was insinuating that Ren was fucking Stimpy up the ass, oh, and that. he was enjoying it okay like, i can speak things like that. that okay you can speak to it if you want but no, like that
1: actually came later after ren and stimpy got canceled they tried to redo it for i think vh1 for an adult audience that yeah. is from that so the sex stuff wasn't in the kid version the violence was and the, the yeah. jokes and
2: stuff it was like an itchy and scratchy equivalent
1: yeah i think yeah itchy and scratchy was like like that in that way for right. sure anyway we're here to talk about small soldiers a movie about toys 1998 movie directed by Joe Dante, the guy who brought us another big dumb movie episode, Gremlins 2, but also he directed the first Gremlins.
2: Did you catch the Gremlins references in this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the the only one. There was a few of them. Yeah, for sure. Yep. The gizmo thing, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I think you see gizmo in the trash can when one of the toys pop out.
2: Right. Right. Yep. Yep. They got little Easter eggs.
1: So I guess before we dive into the plot, we could talk about our experience with the movie, and I'll go first, I guess. Um, This movie is one of those many that was playing a lot in my household. I think my little brothers were more into this than me, but I think I was the right age demographic for this, because I was 11 or 12. Therefore, like, I mean, this isn't a movie necessarily for the littler audience of kids, right? Kids that go see a Disney movie, this isn't necessarily for them, the same group that went and saw Toy Story.
2: Um, But what about you, Jonathan? Were you into it? Yeah, I had seen it plenty of times as a kid, for sure. What's funny, looking back on it now, is that after doing a little research, this was originally trying to get a PG rating, and they had this big deal with, like, Burger King about giving away toys, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember that, because there was a Burger King, like, close to my house, I remember the posters and stuff. There was like a kid's meal with the toys. Yeah, right, right. And then now going back and, and I was reading about it and after they got the PG thirteen rating, like Burger King had a big like deal about not wanting to give out the toys with their kids' meals and stuff. Um, so they could bring toys back. Like parents could bring the toys back and it would exchange them for a fucking Mr. Potato Head toy. Lame. Yeah, seriously. Damn. So it's Batman returns all over again. Right. Epic fail by the uh franchise. It's a damn shame. do away.
1: Yeah. Carlos, any experience with the movie? I mean, this is one of the list of movies that you said you would like to podcast on.
0: Yeah. And I put it on my list because it's one that we actually had a VHS uh, copy in my house. So uh, growing up, there was a time we didn't have cable. So it was just kind of like all the VHS we had. We just rewatched. When this came out, I was like four or five. Uh, I'm not sure uh, exactly what age I started watching it, but I would say around that age, six, seven, eight. I remember I would watch it and I would like it. I knew that it was like a bit on the violent side, but just I guess the mindset of there was no blood, it's fine, it's okay.
1: <laughs> right. Well very little at least, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah I think you get a like a bit on the hand when he got knife in the hand or something yeah. like that.
2: Fair enough. Oh and Alan's dad got shot up with the nail gun. Right, I mean, Alan got
1: those fucking corn-in-the-cob things in his leg, but I don't think they showed the blood when he pulled them out. No.
0: No, yeah, like, rewatching it again, you see how, like, you kind of fear for the humans because a lot of the things that they made were kind of deadly or would actually be hurtful, I mean, would actually hurt them.
1: Right, I I quite like the contraptions that we see in this movie. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into that in somewhat order. I'll take us right into the beginning. This movie opens up As if it were a Robocop movie?
3: Globotech Industries, long recognized as the worldwide leader in high-tech weaponry, is now reaching even higher. Under the leadership of CEO Gil Mars, Globotech engineers are blazing the trail into tomorrow's most exciting market sector, introducing advanced battlefield technology into consumer products for the whole family. For the first time, you and yours will enjoy the same high-quality standards as demanded by the U.S. Defense Department at private sector prices. Globotech, turning swords into plowshares for you and your family.
1: And it doesn't cling to that too much, which I'm kind of glad about, but they start talking about Globotech, which is like trying to break into the civilian market and normally makes like military weapons and like programming and stuff. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's almost like satirical in the beginning. I mean, it doesn't
2: come back to that,
1: but it's pretty Robocopy, don't you think?
2: Yeah, for sure. I I agree with you a lot. I think there's quite a few movies in the, like, 90s uh, that all started kind of that same way with that same commercial intro Hmm. leading you into other things. Like, I remember, like, uh, I think one of the Back to the Future movies was like that. And this one robocop yeah what else i mean mean, there were so many of them was technically
1: a 90s movie yeah so that one definitely opened similarly yeah and the
0: i was looking at the production designers actually same production designer for uh robocop william sander Hmm.
1: Sander. okay i mean they got a lot of like big names in the production of this movie joe dante the director obviously one of them but Mm -hmm. um, as i mentioned stan winston was involved He's the guy that basically brought us everything awesome from the eighties and nineties. Jurassic park effects, Terminator two aliens. ILM did the CGI in this movie famous from star Wars, really big deal. Shit. I mean, it's also a dreamworks movie. So this is like, I think pre Shrek dreamworks, right? And I believe also one of the writers or two of the writers also were writers on Shrek. Anyway, um, Jonathan, at the beginning, we meet David Cross's character and Jay Moore's characters who are uh, Irwin Wayfair
2: and Larry Benson. What are they doing? David Cross's character, i I don't think they ever really even say what he does, but I think he's like a um, he's a product designer, right? Yeah, and then Larry Benson is basically more of the marketing. So they're kind of like a duo, like design and and marketing presentation kind of. Uh, crew. Right. Um, so anyways, so they're they go right into this panic because the new owner of the company is showing up and they've got to go in and get to a presentation. They're supposed to have a board meeting. They go into the boardroom and everybody's from the company has been fired. And I guess they've only been salvaged their jobs because, uh, they had some moderate success with the previous toys that they came out with. Right. The new owner
1: is Dennis Leary, and he like pretty quickly gives us like a sweet Dennis Leary rant. Wait,
3: wait, wait, wait wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can they, uh, can they really do that? Do what? The thing where he punches his way out of the box. No. didn't think so. There's a disclaimer. I mean, legal says we're completely covered. (laughs) You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of commercials that show us 4x4 trucks popping up to the top of Mount Rushmore and parking on top of Abraham Lincoln's head, okay? I'm sick of shampoo commercials that try to convince women they can look like Claudia Schiffer after one cycle of rinse and repeat. What if these toys actually could talk? What if they could walk? What if they could actually kick ass? I'm talking about toys that are so smart when kids play with them, they play back. Toys and short gentlemen that actually do what they do in the commercials.
1: But we don't get enough of them. We get one, but like that's it. I feel like when you cast him, you got to let him do a few rants. Like it makes me think of Demolition Man.
2: Oh, for sure. That yeah. was probably one of his most epic rants for sure. <laughs> yeah. When I was younger, I used to always get Dennis Leary mixed up with Willem Dafoe for some reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why. Actually, but... I
0: could kind of see that. Just kind of like. Yeah. Yeah, just older version of each other.
2: Yeah, like a lot older. (laughs) Yeah. They both seem like they would be very
1: hostile to encounter, Like, right? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure. Like, don't catch them on a bad day. (laughs) You know how much I sacrificed? So um, basically what our two toy designers are doing is they're presenting their pitches to Dennis Leary. Uh, One of them's making Gorgonites. Dennis Leary doesn't like him because he doesn't like um, education toys or whatever. What do they call that? There's, like, a word for that. It's, like, um, edutainment. He doesn't like edutainment. It's, like, a very 90s thing.
2: Yeah, he didn't want anything that was going to help kids learn. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever.
0: He just wanted something to make money.
1: Right. I mean, David Cross is, like, really, like, on the nose with, like, his character. He's, like, I don't know. As much as I do love David Cross, his character is a bit annoying in that way.
3: I can't believe this.
1: This This is wrong. This is really wrong. I mean... You know, this is a, a total perversion of everything I designed these Gorgonites to be. Oh, would you can it, Erwin?
4: Come on, this is a golden opportunity. If we pull this off, we will
3: have Gilmars eating out of our hands.
2: Jonathan, you're into David Cross, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy him, especially like on um, Arrested Development. Uh, I think he just played a, a phenomenal character in, I in d- that show. Don't know that show. Oh, dude, you got to watch it, man. It's classic for sure. I think my first introduction to David Cross was probably my most favorite and he was like the the morgue uh, receptionist or whatever on Men in Black. Yep. I fucking love that role dude. I mean it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I mean he gets he's only in it very briefly. But he, yeah, he's dead like in like 30 seconds or something, but it was one of my absolute most memorable role for David Cross. So the other
1: guy Larry, he's pitching his Commando Elite toys and Dennis Leary seems to like him, but he wants this, like, new idea of a toy. He wants the toys to be able to do what they do in the commercial, move on their own. He doesn't really give it much thought, though, you know? He's just kind of like, just make it happen, do whatever the fuck you gotta do, have them ready in three months, which seems like an impossible timeline. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that, Carlos? Was like, uh, was that like, okay, this is getting into, like, stupid movie rules territory?
0: I mean, it just, I feel like it just leads to, like, Something bad is going to happen, and I actually kind of liked it because when something's rushed, it tends to not work out great. And in this case, you have toys that come to life and do mayhem.
1: They do it with the uh, sophisticated X1000 microprocessing chip, which is, I guess, the key component. That I they don't really explain the technical specifics, which is probably to the movie's benefit. But as a tech person, it is slightly annoying. It's like they put this chip in, and now they can do anything, basically. You know? I mean, a chip is just something that processes software. So, like, the guy was right. It really is the fault of the software.
3: The X1000 worked out better than you dreamed, didn't they? Actually, there was a a little bit of a problem. And it's with your software.
2: The scientist says that, like, uh, the software is what creates the limitations of the chip so if you don't write your software correctly then the chip will allow it to self-learn yeah it gives it the capability to be able to learn based on the software design right you know what else i didn't like was the stupid um oh we'll just put a lithium battery in there it'll last forever forget about this battery's not included crap
3: we're gonna stick in a lifetime Globotech lithium cell keep these things running forever don't piss off the guys that have ready.
2: Like, really? Really? <laughs> no, last it's not forever. fucking like plutonium or something. <laughs> like, lithium batteries in 1998 were trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're still not even that great. They're better, but they're not that great. I mean, your phone has a lithium battery. It doesn't even last a day. <laughs> <laughs> Good point.
0: No, the technology is really 90s. It's like what they understand technology is doing and what it could do or what they think it would be able to do. And that's, you get those fictional things about like the battery. Right.
2: And you still have Phil Hartman putting in a 20 foot wide freaking, uh, satellite dish in his yard. You know, it's like that, that really speaks to the time. Rest in peace, Mm -hmm. Phil. Yeah. This is the last production he did before he was murked. (laughs) It's kind of sad.
1: I mean, I saw the very end of the credits. It says for Phil.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a clip of him doing a line, right? At do- the end of the credits, he's doing a line, like. Um, oh,
1: oh, I had the sound off. I didn't. No. Well, what did he do? Uh, what, <laughs> like snorting
2: a line? Uh-huh. No.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, in the very end, he just has like a little blooper line, kind of going through one of his lines, and then it says, "For Phil."
3: Nuclear warhead. What are you talking about? God. Is that too much?
2: By oh, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Shit. I didn't see that. No, I didn't either. I must have turned it off.
0: I actually just saw it, like, this rewatching the movie again. And then I, I saw something in, like, uh, online. And
1: I actually stayed for the credits because mm. that's something I never did when I was younger.
2: Nice. Good catch.
1: So, the intro credits roll by. The toys are being assembled. We know they're going to be brought into the movie very soon. And You know, there's only the three-month timeline. We get to meet... Our, I guess hero of the movie his name's Alan, Alan. he's like the main kid although he is billed under Kirsten Dunst um, you're gonna call him the hero? he's more like the dipshit <laughs>
3: <laughs> fuck you you little dipshit
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess I, is there a central hero in this movie Carlos?
0: watching the whole movie there's really no main character no main hero you have the whole introduction of what's happening with the creations of the toys and which I really like they put so much in the beginning and you understand where, they, where they're where they starting off, where they're at and where they're going. But once we get to like the supposedly main character, you don't see him grow. You don't see him really change. And I feel like the toys have more emotions than he did.
1: Right. No, I mean, all right, so, so two points on that. One, the main character is Tommy Lee Jones, right? The main character in this movie is the villain, without a doubt. Chip Hazard, the leader of the Commando Elite, he's the star. And I'm pretty sure he sold the most toys because when my family went to go get small soldiers toys, all we could get were Gorgonites, which actually I think was for the best because they're like way better designed than just like your generic soldiers with huge hands and feet. Right.
2: Definitely
0: the star of the whole movie, even... There was like a Burger King commercial that really focused
2: on Chip Hazard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think that with that being said, I think Archer is their hero. Okay. I mean, I was going to say
1: speaking to character arcs. Yeah. There's really only two, I guess. One is Archer deciding to fight back, and the mm-hmm. other is the little kid Timmy who stops wanting crazy 90s <sighs> action toys and just wants clothes for his birthday. Like, that's his arc. Well, dude, that's because yeah. he's
2: totally psychologically fucked, man. Like, toys, <laughs> like, r- bound him with rope and duct tape right. and shoved him in the closet. That poor kid. Like, I would never want a toy ever again.
0: That'd be an interesting sequel to see, like, where he ends up. Right.
2: Oh, dude, he's, like, a total, like, tweaker in the alley. Like No, know. he's going to be, like, a criminal
1: mastermind. Like, he's going to turn evil, for sure. He's going to try to redo what the toys were trying to do. He's going to seek out the Gorgonites, right? turn into the Riddler. <laughs> Wherever the Gorgonites end up at the end, he's going to be after them. He's going to declare war on them. He's going to totally be like a real-life version of Chip Hazard. That's cool. We could totally pitch the sequel.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty gnarly complex right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when we meet Alan, though, like the, the thing that really struck my attention was that for about 30 seconds, this movie turns into Hocus Pocus. Like it shows this kid riding his bike around town, it's playing the fucking stupid music. I don't know. It's very Hocus pocusy for a minute. He's like the new kid in town. He's got the same hair. He dresses the same. Whatever. And
0: I feel like something common like in the 90s. Uh, what is it? The, in Casper, she's like the new girl in town as well. I feel like that was something big they use in a lot of kids.
1: Oh, kids yeah. Kids movie. Like it's always like the new kid is like the... Yeah. And they're usually like an outcast for whatever reason. Yeah. Good point.
2: Do you really believe the storyline that this kid was a total, like, chaotic troublemaker?
1: Like, I, I, I think, don't
2: see, like... I think he's lying, right? Like, Yeah, I, I think he's more of a, uh, a compulsive liar <laughs> than he is, like, a, a troublemaker.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what I see in the movie with him.
4: So, what'd you do? Oh, come on, Alan, I've heard the story ten times already. Don't deny it. They say you're a real terror. Oh, yeah, that's me. A real terror. I did some graffiti, flooded the faculty bathroom, stuff like that. My shrink told my parents I was acting out.
1: I heard you called in a bomb scare on Parents' Day.
4: Yeah, that's when I got caught. Bummer. Put me on probation for a while, but that was a long time ago, you know? I'm a totally different person now. Sure
1: it seemed dishonest when he was like saying like all the shit he did he was just trying to impress fucking mary jane watson you know right i mean i to his credit though i quite like the delivery when like the cool football player guy like fucking pulls up on his kawasaki ninja or whatever he's like oh aren't you the kid that like set a school on fire
4: i know you you're the kid that set his old school on fire right
1: yeah just to watch it burn whatever like I kind of like that, like that smart ass delivery, but yeah I definitely got the vibe that he's kind of full of shit. Uh, Carlos, maybe you can tell us about like how the story kind of kicks off with Alan and the toys.
0: So Alan is taking care of his dad's shop and that day they get a delivery of new products, new toys, and he sees the, the toys that, what's the name of the company?
1: Global Tech.
0: Global Tech. And then
1: Dick Miller's like his guy, his yeah. guy in the truck that just gives away shit for free. He's like, yeah, I'll lose the paperwork. It's Joe. <laughs> yeah,
0: it basically, he basically just stole toys. <laughs> That's what he made him do.
2: <laughs> right. I don't like your tone, kid. <laughs> it's, it's too, too loud. loud. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so fucking stupid.
2: stupid, dude.
4: Hey, Joe. Do you think you could like front me a set of these? What? You know, just sort of lend it to me. I, you got plenty in the truck. Yeah. That's Toy World's inventory for the month. This order's paid for, I don't wanna get my ticket pulled. I'll pay you back after I sell them. Yeah, and what about your dad's policy? No war toys. Don't worry about my dad. By the time he gets back, they'll all be sold. And this place will have made a little money for once. Mm. I don't know, that's... Uh... What, you saying that never in your entire career has anything just fallen off the back of the truck? I don't like your tone. Sorry. It's too loud. Okay, one whole set. I'll uh, lose the paperwork someplace. It's better not come back and bite me on the ass. It won't, I swear. And you got to get him off the truck.
1: What's Joe really getting out of this relationship, you know? Somebody to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go on.
0: Yeah, he sees these toys, so he gets the delivery driver to open them up, and they both kind of like open them up and see what they're all about and up turning them on. And that happens to be the moment that they become alive basically and kind of go on with their mission at that point.
1: Right. It's kind of a slow burn up to the point where the toys are like fully active and are like engaging around people. It's kind of like Toy Story rules a little bit at the beginning where they do kind of like, just act like toys when there's people around for a time until I guess they're, I don't really know what the rules are, but until they're ready to like, I guess, showcase like their actual intelligence. There are no rules. Their
2: software dictates that. No rules? Yeah.
1: That's a They're rule. self-learning.
2: Yeah. So they learn how to do stuff. I see what you're
1: saying. So like, they got to get to the point where they can like, un- like they have to learn enough information about their environment and shit until they can reveal themselves or whatever
2: well they don't know what they're actually doing yet until they can get in there and survey right like chip hazard knows that he's the leader of his command there and that he's got to activate his other guys and he knows that he's supposed to have no mercy on the gorgonites but how he's going to accomplish that and in what way um, they've got to figure that out, and that's where the X1000 chip allows him to theoretically learn okay. what to do. Uh, we do get to meet Christy, as I mentioned.
1: She's Kirsten Dunst. She is top billed in the movie, coming off the success of Interview with the Vampire. Uh, she was like, I guess, a big up and comer at the time in terms of like movie popularity. She was she was really good in Interview with the Vampire. Me and Steve have talked about that a lot on this podcast, but uh, for a child actor, she really killed it in that movie. But she's like the cool girl. Alan kind of likes her. Whatever we get to see their families, we're learning more about our characters. I guess the most interesting bit of the families comes when they kind of like go back home and we see Christie's family. Were you digging Phil Hartman in this movie, Jonathan?
2: Yeah, for sure. I've always been a fan of uh, Phil Hartman and I would have loved to see him. Make more live. movies, yeah. <laughs> live <laughs> at the very minimum, make movies, but you know,
1: I mean, live. <laughs> Living would have been good, yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, dude. But I mean, Jonathan, did you appreciate the like '90s guy that's into
2: all the super high tech shit of the time? Like, it's totally, dude. I mean, that's like, it's a hundred percent typical suburban white dad. He's you know got. What is he? What does uh, Alan's dad call it? Techno crap. Yeah, or something yeah. like that.
3: Thank you. This guy says the tree's got to go. You don't mind, do you? Yes, I mind. What? I said yes, I mind. What the hell are you doing, Phil? This is my tree. Don't worry. Happy to do the work. What are good neighbors for? You see the dish? She's a beauty, huh? No, 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 no. This this tree is beautiful. That dish is just one more piece of techno crap. To go along with the rest of your stockpile of techno crap. And you're already pulling so much juice, you got us all living in a cancer node. You know, there's never been any conclusive data proving a link between. Why don't you just give me that saw for a minute, Phil. Come on. Stuart,
4: come on, come on. Airplane now,
3: Vendetta later. I'll check the zoning laws, but I think they'll prove me in the right here.
2: You know, he's got all the speakers and stereo receiver and big screen TV, and he's got the satellite dishes, and he's just got everything that you could imagine. If there's a new electronics coming out, he was grabbing it. But that was kind of speaking to the, the nineties and late nineties. Like there were a lot of advances on home electronics at that time. Yeah. You know, it's like, it seems like ever since home electronics were really invented, like what, I mean, way back, but you know, after the invention of the toaster, it's like the, the evolution of home electronics has just, doubled itself over and over and over again every decade to like become more affordable and the amount of technology that you could have in your own home is just something that was really wantable for sure
0: yeah I was a big fan of the two different families both parents they were like completely you had different characters so you had Phil that was all into like technology then you had Alan's dad which is kind of more of a business small person there for his family
1: runs an unsuccessful toy shop yeah
0: yeah uh, and then you have the par- the mothers that were also different and then kind of had their own characters i i, I just like the the variety of characters we had within the two pa- families
1: phil hartman's wife is like the wine drinking like pill head mom type you know <laughs> yeah, like, for sure yeah.
3: you can't change programming oh
1: look another one I don't know if she's supposed to be that way because she's, like, drugged half the movie or if she's just that way, you know? It's probably a good mix of both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's drinking gin and tonic on a Tuesday night. Yeah, but that's whatever. also probably her breakfast, though, too. Yeah, she's no <laughs> shit, know? right?
2: She's just got a constant buzz all day. <laughs> there was one line, I know this is way out of order, but the scene with the delivery driver with Joe, and he makes this comment about, like, pretty soon... This whole world is just gonna be owned by one big company. It's a very DreamWorks uh, position to have. I know, right? Yeah. And then and then but it's like twenty years ago, now you look at what's going on. You have like it's going to be com- yeah. companies like you got. You have like Disney and Amazon. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, which like one Disney, is going to buy the other? Disney, Amazon, and Walmart. Walmart's going to keep your your actual shopping stores open. Amazon's going to be everything online, and Disney's going to have all your streaming, all your multimedia, all your, your multimedia services, yeah. all your
1: entertainment. Yeah,
2: I don't know. He made like some little blurb about um, uh, micro microbreweries are all going to be shut down and stuff like that, and it's like it's funny that twenty years later. That's all anybody wants to go to is microbreweries and stuff. You right. Know? It's like, it's like, oh, I don't want to drink, like, you know, big name beer. I need small batch. I need, <laughs> you know, I need to pay $15 for a single bottle of beer. Right. <laughs> a good point. It's very hipster. So shut the fuck up, you hipster, dude. Come on. <laughs> Jonathan, I know you drink a good M- Miller's Light or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you, honestly, I haven't even had a drink since, like, before Christmas. Good man. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not my thing anymore. Burned out on it. That's a story for another day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Archer, who is the leader of the Gorgonites, he's one of the toys that's opened by Alan. He kind of hitches a ride home with Alan. Meanwhile, Chip Hazard, who's also open, he's, he's, like, activated, and he goes and he activates the other commando elites, right? And this is where we get to see, like, our main... Um, antagonists of the movie, all the commandos. We kind of get to intro them one at a time in a nice way, I think.
4: Tail off, soldiers. Butch, meat hook, sniper,
3: lethal from any distance, sir. Good to have you aboard. Ignite Pro. demolition is my mission. Serve with your father, he's a good man. Brick bazooka, artillery, ready to go full bore, sir. Save it for the enemy. Link static, communications, awaiting dispatch of orders. Sir, double up on your rations, Sparky.
4: Kip Killigan, covert insurgent, sharp as a razor. Sir, let me see
3: that weapon. Standard issue is insufficient. All right, ladies, now listen, and listen good. Our mission, destroy the Gorgonite enemy, defeat him. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. There will be no mercy.
1: A couple things on that is how impressive they look and act, but also it's kind of like they each have like a really good design, I think. They're designed in a way that toys would be designed to like separate the characters. So you can look at it and you can identify this is this guy. He does this, you know? Nick Nitro is the guy that he's got the dynamite strapped to him and whatever. What did you think, Carlos? Good effects?
0: Yeah, the effects are great. And I just, the introduction of the all the soldiers like just been woken up they line up like if it's in the military and they introduce themselves and they all have like this unique one-liners that kind of just opens up the characters more there was one i forgot who says it but you have uh chip hazard says oh i worked with your father good with your, yeah, with your dad yeah i served with your dad good man. so it's like just those lines kind of and those to those specific characters i kind of just i feel like It just adds more to their characters. And going what you said with the design, it goes with their design, with their look, and who they are.
1: Right. So a couple notes on the Commando Elite. The intention was to have their voices be all the actors from Predator, the the soldiers from Predator, including like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, and the rest, Shane Black, and all of them. What they actually did was they got the actors from an old 60s movie called... Uh, The Dirty Dozen. Probably a very popular movie. I've personally never seen it, so I don't know. But they wanted the Predator actors. Son of a bitch is dug in like an Alabama tick.
3: You're hit. You're bleeding,
1: man. I ain't got time to bleed. The Gorgonites are basically the actors from the movie Spinal Tap. It's like the three lead band members from that. You know, the guy from Better Call Saul, then the Harry Shearer guy, then the other guy. I think
3: he's right. There's something about this that's so black, it's like... How much more black could this be? And the answer is none, none is more black I a, think you'd like, you'd like
1: yeah so I found that pretty interesting. It's like the dirty dozen versus spinal tap in
2: a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Another thing about the uh, uh, chip hazard. did you know that Phil Hartman was in a movie and his name in the movie was Chick Hazard? No, yeah. Chick. Chick hazard. He's like a yeah. hazard to women. Yeah, exactly. I think women were King. a hazard to him ultimately. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> Ouch. But yeah. <laughs> Ouch.
1: But yeah.
0: <laughs> Going to back to what you said about the cast for the commando elite and the Gorgonites, I like it that they got it from a specific movie. Just because they they already have like a chemistry together. And then you also kind of see that. I feel like you see that in a movie. They have a specific type, and for example, the Dirty Dozen. It's uh it's like an army military movie, right? If I'm okay. not wrong, I literally know nothing <laughs> about it, so I'll assume that's correct. <laughs> I uh, I just saw the poster and I saw kind of like a little description, Well, it looks like some mi- military movie. Okay. So it's, so it's cool that they've been in that world already through that past movie, right? As characters that they have brought out before, so I I, I like that they them that. together like that That team.
1: When Archer's at Alan's house, they kind of, like, make friends, you know? Alan, in a slow way, starts to discover, like, how sophisticated of a toy Archer really is. And it, it kind of takes him to find the Gorgonites eventually. Um, but kind of while that's happening, the Commando Elite back at the toy shop, they go after the Gorgonites and they find one of them and, like, dismantle him. And, uh... When Alan shows up, like, basically all the toys are gone. I guess the idea is they killed one of them and the rest of the Gorgonites went hiding. And then the Commando Elite went after him.
2: Did you ever catch the subliminal message on Alan's computer? No, what is it? Question reality. That's on There's his this computer? this sign that's taped to the bottom of his monitor. Okay. That says question reality. And he keeps, like, showing that, like, front and center When the Gorgonites are are up on his desk and stuff like that. Hmm.
1: I I did notice that he has a Power Man 5000 poster on his wall, which (laughs) is like very of the
2: time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: What was the song they did? Uh, I don't remember.
2: They had like one song that was like playing all the fucking time. All the time. It was like on a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game or something. Yeah, it was like some (laughs) shit like that. (laughs) I guess one thing that we didn't mention was so like the Gorgonites know that they're supposed to be in a battle and there will be no mercy with the commando elite, but the Gorgonites aren't fighters. They're hiders. They like to just run away and, and hide until danger has passed. Right. That's their whole thing. Right. So somehow on a hunch, Alan ends up finding them in the fucking, you know, dumpster in the back alley. Oh yeah. Yeah. and and finds all of them in there just on a on a fluke like imagine if a trash truck would have came by early in the morning like they would have been gone forever
1: i know i couldn't help but think about that seriously right total Uh, total luck the i mean the gorgonites he does find them like you said much like the commando elite they're like very uniquely designed and like i said we had some of the toys of those at my house when i was a kid I I particularly like the Insaniac one, which is, like, the one that, like, spins around. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're inherently better at fighting than the Commando Elite, and yet they're designed to not, you know? Like, one of them has, like, a rock hand. Like, he just, like, what, crushes you with it. Right. One of them can, like, spin real fast and, like, fuck you up, like tasmanian devil you know yeah. and then you have that
0: big one that's like a bull type of thing or yeah he's like a rhino yeah. yeah
1: yeah when he rams into you like a bowling pin sound effect appears out of right. nowhere <laughs> and then
2: an archer i mean his name he's an archer he carries a bow and arrow i mean come on like mm-hmm. you're gonna tell me that you don't fight but you carry weapons with you right he's got the crossbow on his arm and it functions
1: which i like right The commando elite, they all have these guns that don't function. In fact, like, Chip Hazard addresses it at the very beginning. Yeah, standard
2: issue (laughs) is no good here, son. Right, he, like, smashes it.
1: So they have to get, like, knives and shit. And which is another thing that I like about this movie is, like, the weapons that are used. And we'll kind of, like slowly get up to that but at the beginning they arm themselves with like actual knives
2: well they like raid alan's dad's um toolbox because not only do they sell toys and have a toy shop but he's also like a pretty legitimate woodworker and has all these specialty like knives and blades and and things like that in order to um make toys right because he's got like the ship yeah right Carlos, maybe you can tell us like
1: back at Alan's house, you know he's there with Archer, and this is where the commando elite first show up and like actually confront Alan. Uh, they basically capture Archer and like they string him up above the garbage disposal in the sink. It- it's kind of like where things start to kick off in terms of like the action in the movie, if you don't count the bike scene.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, you have Archer. They tie him up. He's above the garbage disposal. Disposal kind of trying to get the word like they think that since he's like the leader of the gorgonites they think that he knows where they're they're hiding and he's just trying to uh they're trying to get information out of him and something that's something cool i like about the commando leads they use these military these military tactics to kind of get their mission done and trying to move on forward with their mission
1: right like they don't just dismantle archer
0: yeah, right. they try to torture him, or they're trying to put fear in him, trying to kind of spill what he knows.
1: Right. But, but he
0: really doesn't know nothing. So yeah, Alan remember. shows up to the rescue,
1: does he not? Oh yeah. So Alan just comes in. <laughs> he gets stabbed though. One of the, the little fucking bastards stabs him in his hand. Right. So he like just shoves him in the garbage disposal.
0: Oh, it's with the kind of with like a grinder thing, right? It was yeah. like electric blade. Yeah. yeah.
1: Something like that. <laughs>
3: Hey, that's fine, punk. Surrender, Gorgonite ally. You just met your
1: match. Oh,
4: yeah? Surrender, Gorgonite! I
1: I like that, like, when I was a kid, Alan is, like, very much, like, an easy character to put yourself in, you know, like, the first-person character. I would want to like fuck these little toys up, you know. Like I would want to stick it in the garbage disposal,
2: dude. Like the first time I would run into that scene, I would just be taking a baseball bat to every single <laughs> one of those toys, you know. Like, like how hard is that? Well, which is why it's like so rewarding when it does happen. I think,
1: right? It's yeah. like ah, yeah, fuck them up. You, you right. see them
0: a couple of times, yeah, in, in the further in the movie that they just grab stakes or brooms and just start whipping them around,
1: right? right? Which is nice. Sometimes to see. you just like swinging a tennis racket, hitting the balls back to him.
2: I was really impressed with the resourcefulness of the Commando Elite. Like, they could just take any environment and whatever they found in the environment and then, based on their software glitch, (laughs) figured out how to utilize whatever they could find to run their operations.
0: Going back to, like, the whole military training. Like, I've never been in military. I don't know if you guys have. No. But I feel like that's, that would be something that they would teach them, that be know what's your surroundings, know what you can do, what you can't do. Right, it's like first blood, right? Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a way. Less forest. <laughs> definitely. But, I mean, it is pretty cool when they, like, take over the garage as their, like, base, and they yeah. just start building shit. Right. Like that, and it's very impressive, like, the little, like, props that they've built and all the little things that they have. And and you get the same idea that they get. Like, it's built it up in the movie where, like, when they're in the garage, like, it's a gold mine. Like, your mind is thinking the same thing.
2: Right. It's pretty cool. Everything they could ever need is going to be there in the garage. we
1: well, were talking a little bit earlier about wrestling. That's one of the things that they watch when they get back to Alan's place. They watch some old WWF match. Was that bringing back any memories for you, Jonathan?
2: I don't remember seeing that part. You don't? No. Oh, my God. I must have been writing notes or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: the this is the one with the raw can guy, right? Yeah. Then he exactly. accidentally smashes the remote control and then changes channels to that one eye monster.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, like whatever old fifties like B sci fi movie yeah. that was.
2: Oh yeah, now I remember. And then the little um, gorgonite that has the one eye, or like shoved his eye directly into the monitor. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: Not so close. You'll uh, ruin your eye.
1: I also, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but like when archer is on alan's computer it's like very reminiscent of the fifth element he's like learning about everything looking on the computer and it shows like a nuclear explosion
2: yeah i did catch that he went through like all of these like really bad american history i don't want to say failures but there's been like a lot of like pretty bad shit that he was like learning off of well he's on like Like, his like
1: encyclopedia program on like windows 95 or whatever (laughs) the fuck you know
2: yeah but he was like going through like jfk like assassination (laughs) or something and then there's like a nuclear explosion and then i mean over and over again just bad shit yeah i mean history all history is bad history right yeah
1: so the commando elites they basically declare alan an enemy he's aligned himself with the gorgonites So they're trying to figure out a way to get to him, to get to the Gorgonites. And what they do is basically abduct Christy, right? I mean, maybe Jonathan, you can tell us more about this. They got to like neutralize the people in between the front door and Christy, right? So the kid and the
2: parents. Yeah, so the commando elite end up getting into Christy's house, the the Fimple house, (laughs) is the dumbest name. I know. It's, it's almost like it's a, it's a way of inserting
1: a little joke, right?
2: Right? It wasn't uh, uh, Phil Hartman. He was Phil Fimple. Yes. Yeah, that was the name in the movie. Stupid. Anyways, so they have to figure out what to do with the kid. And I think this is where the kid was like, oh, they showed up in my house or whatever, right? And then they like. He thought they were like his birthday gift.
3: Oh. This is where we'll engage the target. Set up concealed positions and prepare for ambush.
4: Oh man, I can't believe they got me the whole set.
3: Hold your fire, man.
4: Cool. You can talk. You must be the leader. Except one day you get shot. Bam, And this guy gets promoted, and now he's the leader. Yes. It wasn't my idea, Major. Commandos, attack!
3: High the kid!
2: And then they end up just taking this kid hostage, tying him up, throwing him in the closet. They get some, like, sleeping pills, NyQuil or something, and shooting it into the drunk mom's gin and tonic. It's kind of cool, the, the uh, I don't know what you would call them, maybe, like, uh, scanner-slash- goggles that the commando elite wears because they could look at something and it could identify what it was or what it was made out of like it realized that her drink was gin and tonic somehow yes Um, you know they look at they can identify like enemies or people things like that right kind of like a like when terminator was scanning you know kind of that same thing right Um, so they should have like the auto response fuck you asshole right yeah so but it was like how would they know that sleeping pills would have adverse effects on somebody that was already drinking alcoholic beverages, you know, to knock them out. But let's see. Then there was also like uh, Phil was watching World War II movies. So the speakers were super loud. He had just gotten this new big screen TV. So they were able to sneak in really easily and uh, neutralize the parents. Timmy was already neutralized. They got upstairs they, Real quick, yeah. Phil declares that his favorite war is World War Two. Right, such right. a weird thing to Dude, say. So random. <laughs> so random. So they get upstairs, and then they they get to Christy. Uh, God, they were all out on these names, right? We're gonna change Kristen, Kirsten Dunst to Christy, like, and Phil's gonna be Phil, <laughs> you know. Fuck uh, it. Yeah. And then and then Tommy Lee Jones' character is gonna be Chip Hazard, which is basically the same as Phil's character right. from another movie. The Chick Hazard. Chick Hazard, yeah. So yeah, great great piece of writing on this movie. So anyway, so they go up there and they want to take Christy hostage in order to get Alan to give up the Gorgonites. And the way they do this is they end up recruiting the Gwendy dolls. And which are basically like Barbie's, right? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a knockoff Barbie or whatever. That's like if you ordered name. if you ordered Barbie off of Wish, you know, like <laughs> that's what you got. with a the Barbie, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but now what they did was they took the X1000 chip out of Nick Nitro when he died and plugged it into other electronics in her room and figured out how to use one chip to power up all of these Gwendy dolls and like turn them into basically just zombies almost. I really like that bit. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was a little like off-putting for me De-
0: Definitely on the creepy side, especially Yeah. like keeping in mind that supposedly it's going to be for kids. Yeah, uh, something not really in a kid's movie that you would want.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it. this is the part where the movie dips its toe into like and the creepy territory it doesn't do it a lot you know it's a pretty straightforward like slightly edgy kids action movie with toys but right here it gets a little like surreal
2: and like dark this is where that PG-13 rating starts to come in play well this whole scene right Yeah, of the drugs I mean, yeah from this point like from from entering the house forward the rest of the movie is that, that PG-13 label yeah and plus the,
1: the boyfriend that drops Kirsten Dunst at home like insinuates that he wants to like go upstairs with her and yeah, whenever thirteen-year-olds do. But yeah, so the Gwendy dolls come to life, which I think is a a pretty like cool moment. It very much reminds me of like Borg assimilation in Star Trek. The all the props are really cool. It's just a very cool use of like colors and lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good moment. The Gwendy dolls do look a little bit more rubbery when they're CGI as opposed to. The Commando Elite, but I, th- I think it overall comes off pretty well.
0: I was a fan of how they the animation of their movement was. It was not too much like the Commando Elites, but kind of more like flexible or more jumpy. Oh, I see. Kind what you're of, saying. If it was more kind of like what a a doll you would think would move.
1: <laughs> I see because of like the material that they're made out of. Yeah, purses. I see what you are saying. Yeah.
2: I liked how every single one of them had a unique look. You know, just like the Gwendy dolls were in in the collection. Every one of these resurrected or brought to life Gwendy dolls um, had their own look. But, like, I don't understand how they got all fucked up, you know? Like, one had a (laughs) paperclip pushed through its brain. Like, one had, like, no face. It was just a pair of eyeballs on its head. Like, I don't know why they had to really go that route, you
1: know? It's very much like the end of Child's Play 3, where Chucky's all fucked up in the toy factory. And he's got, like, one leg is melted off. Like, one arm is replaced with a knife. Like, it's, it's very, like gory in that way i mean there's not actual gore because they're toys right but they look mutilated definitely yeah for sure
0: Um, really questionable like why were they (laughs) why did they end up like that and whatnot
1: yeah right like they're like very frankenstein-y for sure
0: and then they cut to back to alien's house with that frankenstein clip and you have that one gorgonite that
1: Oh, does it transition from there to that? Yeah, oh, it was okay. like
0: it, uh, there was when they were working on the dolls, they cut to like a, a shot of the Frankenstein movie, and then you see the Gorgonite with the radio.
1: Oh, I didn't even yeah. notice that, but that's, yeah. that is so a good it, edit. It was a
0: cool little <laughs> edit that they did there.
1: So basically what happens is they do kidnap Christy, and they use her as bait to get Alan and the Gorgonites. Alan shows up, sets up like the decoy, and goes to rescue Christy and this is kind of where things start like like shit kind of really starts hitting the fan um starting with this chase right because it's like alan and christy on like what are they on jonathan some like
2: yeah they're like on a little like scooter moped thing but one key thing that we missed though was that alan set up a decoy for the commando elite right so like he has this cardboard box that he wrote the word gorgonites on and just put it in the front yard like like and the commando elite fell for it like they're not that dumb i mean these guys are really smart by now yeah. and they're like oh yeah let's just go shove an m80 up that box's ass and blow him up they were able to bring dolls to life but they right. can't figure out the they box. can create yeah, they life. just yeah they just said like oh Ellen's like that much of a pussy he, he's just gonna <laughs> give him up like that for his girlfriend and they're gonna be in the cardboard box so we're not gonna go ahead and check the box or anything let's just shove some dynamite in there Let's shove a piece of dynamite with a very slow
1: burning fuse and wait for five minutes right while he has enough time to get her out of there yeah it's
2: like and it's not even like dynamite it's like a black cat or something like yeah. firecracker. firecracker <laughs> <It's, laughs> like, you could buy those you could buy those from the ice cream man <laughs> yeah
1: uh, one thing that I noticed is that he puts it, it's a box like you said with the word gorgonites written on it he sets it down in front of the house with the words facing the camera instead of the house But then it cuts and they're facing the house. So, like... Yeah. I don't know. Just... (laughs) Of course, right? I didn't catch that one at all. Usually I catch weird nitpicks like that. So, the action scene with Christy and Alan getting chased, it does start to escalate. We do get to see the cool, like, vehicles that they make. Carlos, were you digging those?
0: Yeah, just... They look like if toys would actually find the things and make it. And i was looking into like the behind the scenes that they were they actually got like there was one that had like i think a toaster so they actually got a toaster and like put it on there and kind of like really used the actual
1: item the home appliances yeah
0: so it's a it's a definitely cool touch and all the little things that they could do
1: i particularly like the one with like the rotating chainsaw it's almost like a crane like construction vehicle except a chainsaw rotates yeah It doesn't seem to have, like, a lot of use for them in the movie, but it is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The thing that, like with the action scene I said it escalates
2: is like they start taking out like trees right yeah, and, like, this is where I start having a big problem with right. this fucking movie <laughs> like there's no little flamethrower on an RC car that's gonna start <laughs> burning down like 40 foot tall trees on the side of the road like this is just getting way out of hand for what these little fucking guys have capabilities for
1: they take out like a pole right dude, they take out
2: a power pole. they take out trees they're trying to block um, knock stuff over to, to knock the kids off of the moped. Yeah. And it's, then just, th- it's just
0: ridiculous. And their carts are going really fast. I don't know how fast a moped could go. Well, they got
2: probably got those sick-ass lithium batteries on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, dude. It's like a NOS kick. Yeah. <laughs> the I mean, those, dude, those mopeds go like at probably tops like 40, 35 maybe. There's no little RC car at that time on battery power that was going to catch up to that
1: it's funny because that that like chase that one in particular ends with like a really awful stunt i don't know if you guys caught it but like when there are two heroes like they go off like a little jump and it's clearly like like a wire jump like a wire stunt yeah and it just looks awful i mean to their credit you can't tell the stunt people are on there like i even paused it looking for it and they obscure that pretty well but just the stunt looks so stupid. And then when the commandos do it, they just fucking crash and burn. Right? Right. I mean, we're led to believe we, that they're all dead for like a few seconds.
2: We've done better stunts like on our bikes <laughs> at home. In your front yard? Yeah. There was <laughs> Setting only... up like a piece of plywood off the curb or something. Yeah. We did used to do that shit too. At yeah.
1: What they try to do with uh, Chip Hazard is kind of like... It's kind of annoying because they tried to give him like the Terminator 2 look where like half of his eye is like gone. I don't know. I didn't really like that. I just thought it was like maybe it's because at this point I thought like things were getting a little like heavy handed, but I uh, wasn't a fan of that. But basically what he does is he goes and he resurrects more commando elites, right? He gets like a small army of them.
2: Well, he, what he does is tracks down Joe back at Globotech the toy driver right yeah the delivery driver yeah and then kind of holds him hostage because he's got this entire shipment on his truck of the commando elites and somehow no gorgonites but it's just all commando elites on his truck right and then ends up getting that over to uh the fimple house also no other chip hazards yeah yeah that was like a big
1: point when I was a kid I was looking for other chip hazards I was like oh there's going to be a power struggle <laughs> nope only one Tommy Lee Jones maybe that was strategic planning on his own part like he didn't activate, like he didn't activate any of the <laughs> yeah, other ones power but what hungry. would
2: but why, why wouldn't they like start activating their own you know mm-hmm. activating their own people regardless of who their roles were
1: they also have like more tech pretty quickly you know because it, it seems like it's only a few hours later when, like, basically all the good guys, all the Gorgonites, all the family—they're all in one house. Basically, they're all at Alan's house. The two scientists arrive to kind of—I don't know what the no, fuck. No, they the, were
2: at Christie's house.
1: Whatever house, doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they're at one of the houses. The two scientist guys arrive, and the commando elite show up out front. Maybe Carlos, you can tell us kind of about what happens then.
0: You see the truck there you see all the toys kind of marching out kind of getting ready for battle you see more of the dolls and then you have phil he comes out of the house trying to surrender and then he sees that he has his surround system
3: hi i'm phil fimple i'm here to negotiate the surrender of the uh gorgonzolas now here's our proposal hey Take him. He's telling us down the river. The guy's a
1: regular Arnold Benedict.
3: I mean, switch them off, take them apart, steal their batteries, whatever it is you people do. Hey. Is that my JVC? There will be no, there will be no mercy. Oh, Lord, I'm all the way back to preschool! got estimates Gorgonites go straight at 16! 16?
1: Where'd they get 16 from?
3: Seven Gorgonites and nine
1: people.
3: <laughs> well, you've heard our proposal. Get in here, hurry! These negotiations are over!
0: And uh, Spice Girl starts playing.
1: Oh yeah, if you didn't know, this was a product of 1998. Now you know, right? Spice Girls, am I right? Was
2: that when this song was actually like
1: a hit? I think so, yeah. Right around that time. I mean, it seems right. Yeah. Maybe like one year before. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, basically like you were saying, they're confronted with the commandos. Jonathan, all hell kind of breaks loose, does it not?
2: Yeah, this is where they start attacking like the whole house. They're shooting like, I, I don't know what it was that were on fire. Tennis were, balls. i like think tennis yeah, balls in a that racket, but I... that's what I w- assumed. But I don't. I, I could never get like a clear image of what was actually flaming. Right. But they started shooting flaming something's through the window of the house, and uh, Alan's mom found a tennis racket and just started like backswinging and activating her old tennis elbow, <laughs> trying to hit these things back out yeah. there. I know, right. She was obviously not a very good player, or at least really rusty. <laughs> but she did get one lucky shot where she shot it back, and then it blew up the little vehicle that they were using to catch these these uh, tennis balls on fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that part was kind of cool. I mean, totally like not her intention, but it was cool that it happened. I think some of the memorable weapons are
1: they got like flaming CDs, right? They're shooting those. Yeah. Um, oh, Alan out gets the
0: toaster, right? Is it out of the toaster? I think it was. I think that was the one with the toaster.
1: Doesn't seem like a good idea, but hey, (laughs) uh, they got like the little fucking corn on the cob holders. Man, they just stick you with those little fucking things. I mean, a lot of their weapons seem like more annoyances than like actually life threatening things. You know. Besides
0: that, they had one with a nail gun. That That one was
2: pretty hardcore. wow well they had that one and I'm not sure what projectiles they were using but they looked like little discs or something and they were like busting out car windows and stuff and they were using that to shoot at Christy and she got hit a couple times you could see her get hit but it was like if that thing was hard enough to bust out car windows like I'm sure that would have fucked her up pretty good okay yeah yeah I guess you're right
0: they were kind of like little washes or something like that yeah they they looked like yeah. yeah
2: maybe they were like washers yeah yeah
1: A lot of my memory of this movie is just shit from this third act, like, because I think when I was a kid, I was more focused on a lot of this aspect of the movie more so than the build up to it. Especially when like the Gorgonites decide to join the fight, that was like a big triumphant moment, at least in my mind from when I was a kid, because like I said, like they seem to be like naturally better at fighting than the Commandos. The Commando's like build shit, you know? Right. But the Gorgonites can just fuck them up, like one-on-one.
2: Right, yeah, they they actually have, like, fighting skills, not utilization. They're like, like monsters, skills.
0: too, so monsters tend to have more
1: superhuman ability. Right, like I mean, super I feel like yeah. the spinny guy could just fuck them all up by himself, even,
2: you yeah. know? Yeah, he reminded me of uh, Dizzy Double Ducky from Tiny Toons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, Taz, yeah. Yeah. Tiny um, Toons,
1: He even went further.
2: I know, way back on. Huh? One of the other things that happens here, too, is that Erwin and Larry finally realized that there was a big fuck-up with the microchips and that the toys might be, quote-unquote, defective. And so they show up to Alan's house because earlier in the movie, Alan had complained to customer service right. uh, about the toys. So they showed up, and they they determined that there is really something wrong with these things, and we find out that uh, the only way to neutralize them is that the microchips are not protected from electromagnetic, what do we want to call it? Yeah. Electromagnetic. Like an electromagnetic pulse. Yes. Yeah. Or electromagnetic wave. EMP.
1: So like this is back in the days of movies when someone said EMP, you had to spell it out for the audience. Yeah. Like you had to say an oh, electromagnetic pulse. Like nowadays, I feel like it's just kind of like you get it if someone says an EMP. Yeah what did you think of that? Like the conceit of that though, Jonathan, like they have to do a lot to activate an EMP to destroy all the toys. Right. I mean, you're an electrician. (laughs) Let's hear that end of
2: things. Okay. So as an electrician, I, I understand quite a bit of what is going on here. And although it's possible, it's really fucking far fetched what these guys are doing. Okay. Number one, You can't send a little kid up a pole with (laughs) dishwashing gloves and a pipe wrench and then expect to phase out two Transformers to each other and say, oh, just leave the pipe wrench there until until they decide to short out and blow up. Like if he were to touch that wrench from one line to the other of the other Transformer. It's just going to fucking blow up, dude. Like instantly, like that kid is fucking melted, dude. They are filled full of boiling hot oil to keep those transformers cool. That kid would have just been fucking
1: toast, dude. So like, what's like the physical reaction that happens? He does that? Like, does he literally melt? Does he just like the or Does he get blown up?
2: No, dude. He he ends up uh, putting, uh, is it Chip Hazard in there, right? Yes, and it, it, between the two transformers, and it takes like minutes for him to fully like roast between the two. And I mean, he's mostly plastic, so it's not even a good conductor, it's dumb. <laughs> and when it finally does blow, Alan just kind of like falls into a tree branch, kind of falls casually down. I'm like, dude, he's 25 30 feet in the air. That kid should have got fucked up on the way down like he should have been a paraplegic for sure
0: if not melted
2: yeah seriously if he wasn't dead by the by the boom of those transformers already then then he would have been a paraplegic and like extra KFC crispy Like by the time he got down So not a good idea to Dude do that, no sorry. like I can't believe that Anybody even said like you know what this is probably A good idea to show other kids To climb up the fucking power pole and go fuck With those And like, Was this
0: his idea? I, ca- I can't remember that like I couldn't catch Who, who told him uh, to actually like go up there Shit
2: I, I think they know. all kind of like Like pinballed ideas off of oh, other Oh that was no that was um, That was Irwin's idea
1: Okay, we can yeah. thank David Cross for that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fucking child killer. <laughs> like, so why didn't he do it? Like, does that create an EMP doing that? Well, everything electronic has its own EMP. But I, I think if you were to like explode those two transformers like that, then it it definitely creates it creates an EMP, but not the way that where it like it shows like this nuclear shockwave blast going through the whole saber. You can't see the blast. No, you would never see that. No, <laughs> no, never.
1: If the Gorgonites hit under the satellite, does that protect them? Is that legit? I guess it would depend on what the satellite was
2: made out of. Pure plutonium. They would be roasted anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea. But No, but that was pretty cool um, because... I I had honestly forgot exactly how the Gorgonites were saved Um, Because it's been so long since I watched this movie Like, I don't know, 20 years or something Right 15 years And uh, I was genuinely surprised again to see that That's how they saved themselves By their initial tactics, which is to hide
1: Okay Mm. I I guess it works in that way I just don't know if like Because they're like under it And it's like partially like not covered I don't know, man yeah, I don't know. And also, how they got under there,
0: because Archer fell after the satellite, so, oh. and they were all still spread out. They were all like fighting still. Okay, yeah. So it was like, at what point did they go in? It's like it's like
2: Gorgonite instinct. Yeah, you right. So I do like got-
1: some of the stuff though. Before that, with like, I mean, we talked about like the vehicles and like all the shit getting launched, but like, it is very satisfying to see people fight back against these little shitheads, you know like Christy with a lawnmower yeah mm. just like eating them up oh yeah
2: that was cool when she was driving around the lawn right chewing them up she used a baton I think at one point
1: yeah that's and, uh, in her room with the dolls I yeah. yeah
2: and Alan's dad used a broom I,
1: I like, something that, like broom that part. stick this in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm, I'm scared let's get it first blood ah. yeah stick this in your pipe and smoke it <laughs>
2: That's totally ninety nine.
1: That's fucking um, <laughs> Mr. Witwicky from the Transformers movies. Yeah, yeah. He,
2: he has a bad luck with
0: keeping his house safe. that character, because with the Transformers, yeah,
2: if that guy's ever your neighbor, like <laughs> you need to move. Like he's.
0: <laughs> so go, uh, with the Transformers, with the yeah. EMP, yeah, that whole part. How? What's the scientific? accuracy of that what's a percentage would you say Uh, zero zero Zero. (laughs) not even not even
1: close so you're telling me there's not a chance
2: that like that kid should have just been like as soon as he made contact between the two wires there was probably enough metal in the toy to to make contact there but dude that kid should have just been blown up to fucking pieces dude like he should have been like not like not alive not alive like phil hartman yeah but, but more messy <laughs> from I'm just getting kidding, shot phil, in the face I'm...
1: i love you phil hartman i am a big phil hartman fan i want to say that despite yeah. what i said on the jingle all the way Sh- podcast
2: <laughs> shout out to our canadian uh followers <laughs> i don't think we have a lot so we're good <laughs> yeah but for those that I'm... are <laughs> for
1: the one guy uh, so after basically this explosion all the commando elite are dead the gorgonites live on and dennis leary shows up in a helicopter just fucking writing paychecks right carlos
0: oh yeah his answer to everything was just give him this check give him that check and then I, I like how each character i think he gave away like three paychecks right and each character that came after the other this is oh no money's gonna and then they'd be quiet and then on to the next one oh there's no much money you could give me that would make me stop or whatever and they're happy with the checks makes me wonder how much was in this
1: in those checks definitely my thought as well jonathan any guesses
2: uh there's probably more zeros in those checks than i would probably make in a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) how much though you think like okay let's say okay basically uh, a new
0: house in the 90s (laughs) It's
2: 99. They're going to each get a new house. It's going to be enough for them to file an NDA um, (laughs) and shut the fuck up and move like somewhere else and totally relocate. I'm going to say each of those families probably got like 10 mil. God damn. At least. Because Mr. Mars has the money, dude. Like our global tech has the money i mean they have all those military contra- contracts and everything and he's not even worried about this event like at all because he tells uh, larry and Irwin to start selling all these toys to like south america or something what were we charging for these things
1: 79.95
3: tell you what had a few zeros to the end of that number get in touch with our military division i know some rebels in south america are going to find these toys very entertaining
1: I think his plan is to, like, reprogram them so they don't want to kill Gorgonites, but they probably want to, like, take out some people and just, like, drop them off in South America. Yeah, he said some
0: rebels from South America, right? Just going to create some, like, (laughs)
1: fucking like political upheaval in some country? Like, it seems very irresponsible, if you ask me. Mm. Yeah. Just send these little fuckers to, like, wait, kill people? (laughs) Like, goddamn. They're trying to kill people in this movie, and they're not even programmed
2: to. It's not any worse than... The American government dropping off guns and weapons to other countries, and
1: but it's slightly more like sadistic. I feel yeah. like like to like program like these little fucking machines. It's like something out of a nightmare. Yeah, like these things
2: trying to yeah. kill you. But all he cared about was the profits, which was he's like just add a few more zeros to that price right. there and just send them down to the rebels whatever. in South America. Evil Tony Stark, I yeah. guess. And then he was like, "Get that fucking Globotech truck out of here before the news people get here." I'm like, dude. There's no way that the news people weren't there already. There's shit was on fire. Houses <laughs> are falling down. Like not one neighbor came out to say like, hey, what's this ruckus going on all night? The movie has an answer to that.
0: Yeah, they, they blame on, what is it, on the and Alan's family, right? Like or they Phil. hear all this
1: noise and chaos and like, God damn it, Phil. And they like close their windows. They just assume that he's doing like... all.
2: Yeah, that was just, like, one neighbor. There, well, there was two, but I think they were trying
1: to tell us, like, that's what all the neighbors are feeling right now. Mm, oh, it's like, it's, come on. So you can't yeah. see
2: flashes and uh, flames and flamethrowers and trees falling down, multiple power outages. If those Transformers went out, the neighbors shouldn't be watching TV in bed like they like they were. Like, all the power should be out. All of it. Plus, they saw the
1: there. EMP, right? Like it, right? You can see it. Yeah, it's like a visual thing. Like it, yeah. it goes in like a circumference, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, God. it's like when Powder dumb. dies at the end of Powder. Do you yeah. remember that? And he yeah, like, he's like an EMP. <laughs>
2: Ugh, gross.
1: <laughs> that movie sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was that other scene where David Cross was like fucking around with the like electrical panel inside the house and stuff too, and he got shocked. Oh and yeah, it was like it was so dumb, dude. So dumb. He should have been shocked way before. Like, like, so when he acted like he was shocked, like when the power went out and stuff like that, right? Like the screwdriver that he was holding was all metal, and he had that like on the live power lines, like while he was trying to unscrew some shit. So what would have happened to him? Melted or what? No, uh, 120 volts isn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Paralyzed? No. I don't know. No, we can set that up for you. No, I'm good. You won't need any coffee for the rest of the night.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit earlier. There's only a couple character arcs, right? Um, The the Gorgonites and then little Timmy. He's like over all this. He just wants clothes for his birthday. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of our big 90s kids movie happy ending, right? Mm -hmm. Like the guy and the girl, they get together. The families are all richer because of this event. And the Gorgonites are free. So they take off on a ship right carlos
0: yeah and it's i kind of you're saying like a kid's happy ending you see the good guys kind of come out of hiding and actually fight you see kind of like the superheroes coming out and fight right and i i I enjoy that part seeing those uh unique monsters do their own unique ability like you have that one with the we talked earlier the one the spins just knocking everybody out with his uh what, what was that thing he had
1: uh, the old uh, ball and chain. Yeah, it's like the making ball and a chain. wife joke while doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> And then you have that uh, the Rhino uh, Gorgonite. It's it's it was a good kids happy ending.
1: <laughs> right. Good I, guys win. For what it is, it's fine. But before we go into that side of things, ratings. Did you guys have any final thoughts about the movie itself? I guess kind of like the biggest thing. This whole sponsorship,
0: I feel like that really messed up this movie. I feel like if. If you just let the director just do what he had in thought and vision, and not try to downgrade his movie in the middle of shooting, I feel like we would have gotten. Do you mean more... like the
1: rating issue?
0: Yeah, because they they try to there was they added lines or they added parts or they ch- kind of changed up the script. I heard that just to kind of make it more kid friendly when he when his
1: right, thought I process wasn't. That people much. have seen his PG movies. And um, they're not very PG. I don't know mm. if you guys have seen Gremlins. I'm sure yeah. you have, Jonathan. Oh, yeah. But like... <laughs> yeah. Wait, Gremlins is a- PG? I believe it is, yeah. Wow. I believe Gremlins is one of the movies that is responsible for the creation of the PG-13 rating.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that
1: and Indiana Jones too. I think.
2: Hmm. Um, yeah, there definitely needed to be a rating between R and PG. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. It's, oh, this movie, in a lot of ways, is like Gremlins Light, you know like gremlins i think is kind of a more hardcore version of this it's very similar especially when it kind of gets to the chaos of the end of it all
2: mm-hmm. yeah for sure
1: but let's do ratings carlos on any rating scale you want what are you going to give small soldiers
0: i'm gonna give it six no mercies out of ten no mercies okay just uh, it's again it's one of my childhoods movies. I enjoy watching it when I was little and kind of rewatching it. Nothing really changed from what I remember. Just now, the difference is that I'm able to understand how sucky the main character is, <laughs> and that there was really no main character arc. But other than that, the CGI was great, especially for like a '90s film. The puppetry of these of mo- uh, the toys were, I feel like, one of the top puppetries. I think I have ever seen in a movie Mm. just the way they move they move like toys that would be alive so I give it kind of like a little bit in the middle so a 6 out of 10
1: yeah I like that I think I'm gonna go the same route and give it also 6 out of 10 uh, Gorgonite scums I think this movie is not good but it has like merits that are all in the filmmaking aspect of it Uh, we didn't talk about this so I guess this is a a quick aside But uh, Christina Ricci and Sarah Michelle Gellar do the Gwendy doll voices. And I guess that kind of leads into my next talking point that the voice cast is really good. Um, The regular cast is fine. Phil Hartman's definitely a standout. But where this movie's strengths lie are in the puppetry and the animation. It's amazing. It really is. And for like a movie that essentially is Gremlins Light, it's good that it has something that's going for it really well. Because the story is just like, it's really whatever. It could be any bullshit 90s script as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but Execution is top tier on this. So shout out to Joe Dante. Shout out to Stan Winston on that. What about you, Jonathan?
2: So I'm going to be giving this a two out of five should be Transformer Fried Allens. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it really is not a movie that was a favorite of mine as a kid, nor will it even be going forward watching it again 20 years later um but there were a lot of things that they did do well and i agree with both of you guys that like the toys moved like toys should have moved they for the time trying to recreate cgi from of of what toys would be doing they did a really cool job the storyline is bullshit it it's I don't know, man. I, I feel like they just... They tried a little too hard to create something that didn't really work so well. But they should get credit for the things that they did do, right? Which is basically the production of it. Um I really like that. There was a lot of good songs in there, too. I mean, they had... They got you a know, fucking Led Zeppelin song in there. Yeah, got a Led Zeppelin song in there. Like they probably paid pretty good for that. There is some Led Zeppelin merch in there too, in Christie's room. You don't
1: get a lot of movies with Led Zeppelin songs.
0: They're—I've been—I heard that they're really picky with what song goes into what movie. So it's interesting how
1: yeah. this song
0: got. The strangest this movie. thing
1: to me about that is the choices of movies they do allow. So they allowed. Yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High got to yeah. use cashmere. I can see that though. I mean, that was of the time. And then School of Rock got to use Immigrant Song. Yeah. Immigrant Song has been in a few other movies. But there was probably a Marvel movie.
2: There was probably a good amount of uh, fundage in both of those productions. I'd like to think so. Yeah. So it made sense for him. But anyways, um, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this movie again. And if my kids want to see it, I'll probably let them and let them make their own opinions on it. I mean he's he just turned ten. Oh
1: a couple you should weeks let him ago. watch it. Dude. So
2: yeah, I, I think it's about time. But uh yeah, it, it's it's definitely not a not a must see rewatch for me. Fair enough. Well Carlos,
1: uh, our listeners may not know this, or maybe they do, but you're kind of a big deal on Instagram. Why don't you tell us about no, your I'm page not. and what it is? Well, thank you. Yeah,
0: so I have an Instagram where I call it an Instagram game but the thing is that I don't think there's many out there so I don't want to create a whole new category but it's uh, where people could come play along I use Instagram stories Instagram posts to do new rounds where I post a second of a movie clip and people just come in and try to guess what movie it is and every month we have a different theme and people are liking it and I enjoy doing it
1: yeah i like it a lot as well i mean that's how i know carlos here i was playing that trivia game for a long time until i retired myself because it is a lot of work to participate in that where
0: you were well one year straight in the top three and i think 11 of those months you were top one so
1: yes (laughs) it It was a time when i was dominating but the competition has gotten pretty stiff i don't think i could come back and do that again
0: oh yeah there you guys all of my followers surprised me it's just what they're able to get with just a half screen that's black and the other, bla- the other side is like orange and you guys are able to get the movie. So it's kind of shocking what you guys are able to do.
1: So check out Carlos's page, One Second, Two Guests Movie. Um, it's pretty awesome. If you're seeing this on Instagram, I'll have a link to his page. If you the listeners want to write in, you can email us at BigDumbMovie at gmail.com if you use an iphone give us a positive rating on apple podcasts and a written review both of those things please if you're listening on youtube give us a thumbs up and uh you could also leave us a comment youtube likes it when people do that so if you do listen on youtube leave us a comment and if you don't hey fuck it leave us a comment anyway anything else fellas you can
2: follow me on instagram follow jonathan what is it i don't know oh okay just follow i'm not instagram famous (laughs) i think i have like 30 followers
1: (gasps) okay what's your page man what's
2: your what's your handle (laughs) there's a good place to start john j-o-n underscore boy underscore 805
1: john boy 805 find him follow him
2: talk to him yeah interact that way i can be on this podcast more
1: (laughs) hey i have you on like more than anyone else i think
2: i know i'm just kidding
1: all right Thank you guys for listening. It's been a podcast. We love you. Good night. Oh, okay. okay, so back in the day, WWF, which mm-hmm. is now called WWE, was pretty fucking crazy. Like, there was something called the Attitude Era, which is like the 90s and 2000s era of WWF. Okay. Early was, 2000s. Yeah. Who were the main wrestlers at that time? The Who Rock, right? Okay. So he's a big one. Yeah. Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve Austin. Um, Vince McMahon was actually a personality in the ring as well, because yeah. he had a good yeah. rivalry. Um, but like Kane, the Undertaker, okay. Degeneration that's,
0: X. That's actually the the time again yeah. of my cousins. Yeah. That's the time like right. I suck it. watched it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you so you know, know like the guys. suck it yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. The DX. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this
1: X-X. random story arc of this this woman named Mae Young who was a wrestler like back in like,
2: like the fifties or something. Yeah. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was Dude, like she was an old school. She was already like almost eighty when she was in, in like ninety nine. And she was still so doing like
1: matches sometimes. She would yeah, she would I'm come sure. out to the ring and just like talk shit, but also mm-hmm. sometimes she would do matches as an old lady. Anyway, they had this storyline where she slept with one of the wrestlers named Mark Henry. He also called the strongest man in the world. Sometimes okay. he's and like he,
2: he was like a four hundred pound African American guy that was just like ruthless, like dude. Yeah, nobody so like, would want to mess with this guy. So like they slept together
1: as the, th- which is a, a strange thing to think about because he's like this huge. Dude that's like 30 years old, you know, in his prime. She's like an 80-year-old woman, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of rings about that. Yeah, okay, man. well, here's the kicker. She got pregnant at 80, supposedly, right? <laughs> this is all part of the storyline. Gave birth to his child, and then they showed it on camera, like her giving birth, but not like from the front, you know, from the back, you know? It shows her like in the medical room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it- like she's like on the gurney, and then like the camera is from back here, right? Okay, yeah. What does she give birth to? Not a baby. But a human hand, an adult male hand, well, yeah. maybe female. I don't and know. it like comes out like this. <laughs> right. It's just a hand. It's such a fucking weird thing, but yeah. it's like one of those. It's just a product of the time
2: of wrestling back then. But that's just how edgy that WWF was at that time. Like It's that a good example of era. it. Yeah. Like the one where Triple H buried Undertaker alive. Right. That's you right. know, mm-hmm. like, fuck, dude. Like, that's real.
1: Someone was crucified. One yeah. Time, I don't remember who, yeah. but like they were put on like the cross, yeah. And they weren't nailed to it, obviously, they were tied yeah. to it, but yeah. still, there's a lot
2: of but that like with that. that was that was where, like, you know, Mankind McFoley would do anything that was asked of him, like he'd thrown off the top of a, a Hell in a Cell match, right? You know, and like, and then that, later, choke slammed onto tacks, onto thumb thumb tax from the top of this cage, okay. like gnarly stuff, dude. And you know what I just heard yesterday it was a fan theory that the um remember when his nose came or his tooth came through the lip right yes. lo- above his nose he claims that it really happened but other people claim that it was like a piece of popcorn that was stuck right there <laughs> What? So I don't know. I
1: mean he wrote about it in his book, right? Yeah,
2: he did. He wrote about it. I I believe him, but there's a lot of people that are He's pretty hardcore. He wouldn't just yeah. make up some stupid shit. Like he was the first wrestler that I bought the autobiography of. Right. You, you let me. I borrow. still have it. Yeah, I still have it. The same copy. Yeah. I read The Rock's book. It, yeah. was, it was all right. I did. I have that one
1: too. You could tell, like The Rock took a lot from mankind's book or from Mick yeah. Foley's book, yeah. like the structured kind of the same, and it's kind of like the same. Same like, publishers, like ups and downs,
2: like yeah. you know, yeah. trying to get into wrestling, couldn't quite do it. How many times is The Rock going to exploit that same storyline, though? Like, uh, have you ever watched his show, The uh, Ballers? No. Oh, dude. It's a really good show, but he exploits that same storyline. I got injured when I was in uh, college playing football, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And now he's the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders football team in the show. Oh, I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) Like four seasons later. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Las Vegas Hmm. Raiders. Yeah. Still
1: doesn't quite roll off the tongue,
0: you know? No. Definitely not. (laughs) Just just the image of it. I mean, it doesn't... I don't picture... You don't picture them the same. It, it's kinda, Los
2: Angeles or Oakland. Like, that's it. Right?
0: Yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, you think they're like some pirates dressed up in lights and discos. <laughs> yeah, the right. That's what, that's <laughs> they're like the
3: showgirls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>